When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Happy Thursday, everybody. We're over the hump on the Colleen and Bradley uh, show on my time. Feels good, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, the Colleen and Bradley show on my talk 1071, streaming live at mytalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hello. Uh, I have something I need to report to you, Bradley trainer. Oh, what's up? Um, the new Netflix trailer for the Demi Lovato documentary. Demi Lovato dancing with the devil mm-hmm. worked on me. I mean, tell me why. Okay, make no. the case because um, it is everywhere. Okay, did you? Can I ask? Did you watch it yet? Have you watched the? I have not trailer? watched it okay. yet, but I want you to make your best okay. case for why uh, your mind was changed. Okay, so I will. So I mean, okay, not that it was changed. It wasn't it, changed as much as it was like. I, I I was sort of neutral, and now I'm yeah. all about wanting to to watch this documentary. Which, by the way, uh, they just premiered the trailer yesterday, and uh, this is coming up on Netflix. Oh darn it! I don't have the date that it's going to drop. It's on YouTube. Oh, it's on YouTube. Yeah. YouTube. Why did you do Netflix? Oh yeah, you're right. YouTube. They premiered the trailer, and uh, yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> So Demi Lovato, as we all know, um, has had a rough few years. And um, she's actually at the helm of this documentary, Demi Lovato Dancing with the Devil. And in the, in the, uh, in the trailer for the documentary, you see a lot of cam- like on-camera interviews with Demi Lovato, but also with people who I would imagine are part of her entourage, right? Like, they weren't necessarily people I recognized, or maybe I recognized them, like I got a whiff of who they might be, but I couldn't put my finger on them. None of them were as big of a deal as Demi Lovato. But it really starts with her saying the following words. I'm just going to tell you everything, and then we can go back and decide if we want to put it all in there. Which to me says, this is a woman who is ready to not be held prisoner by her story. Mm-hmm. And that she's not going to sanitize the telling of the story. Now, what I don't know from the trailer is what did they decide to go back and cut yeah. out. But um, then you see, uh, you know, spliced in with other sort of b-roll of her backstage at a concert or on stage at a concert Mm -hmm. or you know uh interviews with her parents but then there's these interviews with her friends and they start to talk about the the night she od'd 
and frankly, almost died. Um, and you, we are going to get a, we are going to get kind of an unvarnished version of what actually happened in a way that we haven't heard it before. What happened that night and then what happened following that. Yeah. But what's interesting is she talks about her addiction and, and you can hear that in the, in the trailer. She's going to be talking about her addiction. And she says something along the lines of, and then I got, I, it was like past the point of no return. I got into some stuff. And one of the people who's being interviewed, one of the people in her entourage says, are we going to talk about the heroin? And so clearly you can tell that the, even the people who are being interviewed about Demi Lovato aren't sure how much we're telling yeah. of this story. But it's going to go there. It's going to go all the way there and tell you um, she talks about what happened when she was in the hospital, just how very near death she was. Um, she talks about the fact that she still struggles from the after effects of having three strokes and a heart attack while she was in the hospital after this overdose. And I, I she says in the in the store or in the um, trailer, I'm holding myself accountable. She says, I learned a lot from my past. I was sober for six years. I learned so much from that journey. And that's the main thing I learned was coming forward and talking about my story held me accountable. There is, you know, they do all the trailer tricks, though, where, like, they ask a question and then there's sort of a reaction, but not the answer to the question. So there was a question at one point, are you sober now? And you don't see the answer to that. Yeah. So they do the thing that's going to pull you well, in. Well, this is entertainment. This right. is not just like, let me give you the unvarnished truth. Right. No, this is going to be crafted as a story. And very likely, I mean, it kind of reminds me of the Taylor Swift documentary. Like, um, you know, you have to have a certain suspension of disbelief to go into a project like this because you do realize that she's the one in charge of the experience, right? Like, right. so whatever narrative she wants to put out there, albeit. Uh, you know, from her perspective, the narrative, like I'm I'm not here saying she's like going to sit in front of the camera, nor, you know, did Taylor Swift or anybody else who's done a documentary like this necessarily lie to the camera. But you do you do go into it understanding that this is the story they want you to hear. Right. And I imagine by all accounts and from what you're telling me that this is going to be a fascinating, introspective uh, look into a part of her life um, and if, you know, if you're a fan of Demi Lovato and a lot of people are, or at least are curious about her story because of the drama that they've seen in headlines over the last, you know, um, few years, but specifically the last year, I mean, it'll, it'll draw some eyeballs. I will say one of the other things, and this is a thing that we were very fascinated by on the Colleen and Bradley show, um, was her engagement to Max Erich. That will be talked about in the documentary oh, as well. I mean, so, it'd be a little weird, right? Like if, like, hey, the story that we were trying to pay attention to this year, if she didn't go there at all. I will say, though, it's not clear to what extent she'll actually talk about that because all you see in the trailer, because when they were doing this documentary, when they were filming this documentary, she got engaged during that time. Mm -hmm. So so you see uh, during an on-camera interview with Demi Lovato, you see her with the ring on her finger go, I'm engaged. And then cut to another interview where she 
shows her hand again. No, no ring on yeah. the finger. And she goes, Wah. but that's all you get, at least in the trailer. Yeah. So that leaves me wondering, are we going to actually, because if I'm being honest, like I want to hear all of the story, but that is a story that I want to hear about. I want to hear her version of events as it was happening. Like, what was it about this guy? And at what point did she realize that she was literally being taken for a ride? Yeah. And, and you know, I could see her offering that story up. I mean, if she's got a certain amount of distance from it and she feels good about the place that she's in. But also, it depends on, like, what her relationship is with that person now. Right. Like, so that would determine how she's going to portray that out in the public and... Ultimately, again, it's you're going to walk away knowing what she wants you to know about it. Right. That's, you're not going to hear from Max Erich. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing per se. It's just that that's, you know, that's the perspective we'll have. Yeah. So it's on YouTube. It comes out when? That's what I'm trying to figure out because I'm not seeing it easily in this article. And I can't remember. I'm sure at the very end it tells you when you can see it. Only on YouTube. March. It's not until March. Okay. Well, that's yeah. That's just March twenty second, I think. Um, I you know March twenty third. The thing that I'm, uh, the the part that would interest me is listening to her talk about her own recovery journey and what that was like and having to deal with being in the public spotlight. You know, um, it'll be interesting to see how much of that curtain she peels back, uh, because that's not an experience everybody lives through. But the addiction part is something a lot of people can relate to. Absolutely, and and I do get the impression that she is going to be very open about that piece of of the because really like the focal point of this is that overdose in 2018 but around that overdose she talks about her struggles with addiction and what that looked like for her in in real life um and what recovery looked like as well the one caveat i would make or concern i would have is like this is like five seconds after she's dealt with some pretty significant demons and i will tell you as a person who you know, got sober, like, I don't know if I had a huge perspective on what happened five minutes after it happened. I don't know that I have that much more of a perspective now, but certainly with time comes um, some awareness and, you know, like, but, but again, you take it for what it is. It's, she's a pop star. She's a celebrity. She has music that she wants to sell. This is presumably going to head us down a, a path of her next project. Well, and I was also going to say, just be ready the next few, I don't know, weeks leading up to March 23rd. We're going to get dribs and drabs of other things that we're going to learn in this docuseries. I mean, she's going to be making the rounds. Yeah, for sure. Is what I'm going to be saying. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be hearing more about Demi Lovato's story in different ways in the weeks leading up. This is just the first kind of debut of that um, of that documentary. And what we'll see in that. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, we are going to get all the dirt straight from Hollywood from our friend Elizabeth Reese. It's a dirt alert after this on My Talk 1071. He's a My Talk dirt alert. The one and only Elizabeth Reese has arrived, and with her, she's brought so much dirt. It's the dirt alert. Hi, Elizabeth. That came up quick, that little punch, punch, punch noise. I thought, here we go. We're ready for it. We're doing it, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Um, Boy, when you are super rich and super hot, companies like to send you really expensive stuff. Oh, I know. know. Trust me. (laughs) Kendall Jenner and Devin Booker. 
got quite the gift from oh, Louis Vuitton. What they get? I don't want to know this. Do it's I an over-the-top clear monogrammed box with, of course, all of the Louis Vuitton you know symbol all over it, filled with white roses and his and hers fragrances from the French no, luxury this is label. Dumb. Just because they they got are dating perfume samples. Yeah, that's what they got. Because then they show it off on their Instagram stories. Um, I guess you can't do them in the mall anymore, where you just walk by and squirt squirt. squirt. Oh, boy. You either love that or you hate it. I hate it. Uh, Steve Patterson loves it. it. I know you're not surprised. I can't handle it. Of course he does. It. He's when, a walking squirt squirt. Yeah, when people are, like, aiming the spray at you, I yeah. don't like it. I think no. they've they've shied away from that. There's a lot of places you're not even allowed to wear perfume. Like, a lot of churches say, uh, no, thank you for coming to praise Jesus, but we don't want your over-the-top yes. scent in but this But Jesus sanctuary. doesn't want to smell you. Because we're here to 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 be uh, loving neighbors to each other, and that does that includes taking care of their allergies and their noses. <laughs> I will say, I feel like the current way to do it is you spray it on a card, and yeah. then you hand them the card. And then you wave the card yeah. around, and then you determine, I could use a nice scent, but it, I, it's sort of like I just... Steve is so obsessed with having like seven to eight squirts of yeah, cologne how you, on. How do you deal with that? I tell set? him, no, you should have seen the day that he sprayed Axe body oh, spray no, in no, our no. shared oh, okay. closet space. Oh, okay. And you guys no. know how small that shared closet. I mean, it's wonderful to have a closet at work, but it's it's still a closet. It's small. Yeah. And he sprayed Axe body spray. And it was, I think, the only time I've like really lost it on him. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Bless his heart. I know. He probably doesn't do that anymore. No, he doesn't. You know, I just want, yes, I was just going to say, like, if we could get him from, like, just even to go from seven to one. (laughs) I just, I find it so interesting that, like, a modern man on the go is, like, you know, like cologne is a thing. I just, I can't remember the last time I, but I think that that really, my husband always puts cologne on, but he doesn't do that many sprays. I feel like it's the culture that has made us a little more cologne, um, suspicious. True. Right. Well, I used to to wear perfume, but I don't anymore. Oh, I used to like bathe in cologne. I mean, there was always a bottle of obsession on the back of my toilet. Yeah. Uh, You know, obsession. I used to spray for Calvin Klein at her burgers. (laughs) R.I.P. Yeah, it was like a part time job when I was in high school or college. I made killer money and I just had to stand there and offer to spray like CK one. And then I would rearrange the bottles all the time because I had nobody Nobody would go there. Why? Which is why the store closed. Right. I think. But um, yeah. I love the way you said that. It sounded so important. Like uh-huh. I used to spray for a Calvin Klein. <laughs> yeah. It was like it's like you worked directly under Calvin. Calvin. It was <laughs> Calvin, and then it was me. Yeah. Yeah. That of was course. It. Uh, Princess Eugenie, uh, Eugenie, sorry, after her C-section due to her scoliosis surgery, is doing. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Doing really well. So she had a little bit of a complicated birth, but her baby boy is a complete dream. They just had their baby on February 9th, and um, she had a previous spinal surgery for scoliosis, wow. so then they knew that she had to have a C-section. Do they still do scoliosis checks in schools? I don't know. That's a good question. They do lice checks? That's a good thing. I mean, obviously, some people aren't going to school, but I remember having to, like, mm-hmm. line up and have mm-hmm. someone... I think they had, like, a ruler or they something had, like, on your back. They had, like, a yardstick, and you had to bend over, yes. and they would put the yardstick <laughs> on your back to see if you... And I will tell you, also, like, I have a very close friend who that's the thing that that um, that alerted her parents to her scoliosis. Yes. And she's had numerous surgeries. Boy. Wow. Yeah. They've got to still do that. I would love a note. Somebody could send us a note yeah. to see. Do they do scoliosis checks? Do they? I mean, she's a, uh, the princess has dealt with severe scoliosis for most of her life and had corrective surgery at age 12. And so she knew she was going to have to have a C-section. But I didn't realize that that was a um, sort of a side effect that you. But I guess it makes sense. Yeah, if there's I something wrong with your spine. It probably is unique to whatever her. I bruised scoliosis, my tailbone giving birth one time. Oh, I don't, I don't, can't even talk about all the things I bruised giving birth. It was like it. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough time. No, we totally Mm -hmm. do. Let's hear that. You want to hear? Okay. All Um, of them. So, uh, do you want to, should I start with tearing or what? Sure. I'm all here for tearing. There's so many things that they don't tell you. That they don't. I am trying to prepare our young producers for childbirth on Twin Cities Live. Oh, God. And they. Do you bring pictures? This is consensual and they ask the questions. I just want you to know it's not inappropriate work talk, but they, they want to, like, they're like, this is stuff that people don't tell you. And so then I tell them. Yeah, there's a reason they don't tell you because you wouldn't do it. I was really of the opinion that it was good to get, you know, to roll on in there with the least amount of information possible. (laughs) My my daughter, my six-year-old said the other day I was driving home and she said, Mama, I I don't want to have a baby because I don't want to get a shot in the back. Well, like wow. the shot in the back is the best part let of the me, whole thing. Let me tell you the future of <laughs> the that discussion. The fact that discussion. she knows that that exists is kind of awesome. <laughs> um, let me tell you the future of that discussion is when you get to the part where you explain how the baby gets there in the first place. Yeah. And then you get the, oh, I'm never doing that. <laughs> And then you have to have the conversation of like, well, yes, I know it sounds kind of gross right now, but there will be a time where you might want to do that and not just because of babies. Yeah. That's yeah. a whole Oh, let me tell arena. you. That's a whole You arena. know what, Elizabeth? If you want any guidance on that journey, uh, you can come a lot to me. Of, a lot of listeners would like to let you know that they do scoliosis checks during oh, wild, ch- uh, wild, well child visits. Oh, so they don't do them in school, though. Yeah. I mean, I know that they do them at the doctor's office. Yeah, at the doctor, but I was wondering if they had you line up in school, in school which is what right? you used to oh, do. Oh, boy. I, the other thing they used to make you do in school, oh, they would they would weigh do you. your homework? Oh, yeah. No, I they know. would weigh you in yeah. front of the class. Well, and then oh, you've God. got the swimsuit situation where you did swimming. Oh. When I to- talked about this on Twin Cities Live, that swimming in middle school was the single most traumatizing event of my youth. It was well, I like went to a, a public swimming school, thing. so we didn't have to swim. Well, I went to a public suburban no, school I, and we had to swim. 
That was the punishment that we had for the pleasant life in the suburbs, Colleen. <laughs> <laughs> and then I heard stories from other people who were telling me that when they were in school and they would be in swimming, they would give the girls color-coded swimsuits by size. No, thank So, like, you. if you were the smallest, you'd get a blue suit. No. And then oh if you God. were, like, the biggest and the most developed, you'd get a green Ooh, suit. That is and the worst. Can you even no. imagine? No. That is the worst. <laughs> that is terrible. We have an episode of... Um, Give me a break. We'd like you to watch. Oh, yeah. To tell you how bad it used to be. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Where Trust us. Nell joined a fat fighters club no. and they had a song that they sang called You're a, You're disgusting, a disgusting Fatso. Fatso. Oh, my. And people word. were laughing. But remember, the name of the the group was Fatso. No, it was Porco. Porco. That's oh. right. Sorry. I can't. Even if I don't laugh, I'll cry. No, yeah. I know. Welcome to the 80s <sighs> when. We were just terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Fatso is a movie starring Dom DeLuise. Thank you. Oh, gosh. Holly also always comes terrible. in. She always comes in for the win. Yep. Uh, Rachel Ray saying that she's going to get to move back into her New York home, which is being rebuilt after that fire, that, that devastating fire in August. Oh, my gosh. That, okay, I'm sorry. Whenever we have a moment to reflect on the passage of time... It feels like that just happened. It was six months ago. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and so they're they now she they've got a good deal. They're living in a guest house on the property, but I mean, still, yeah. it's her house that yeah. burned down, and it was scary. And so, anyway, um, they're getting to move in. Uh, it's not going to be done till the end of twenty twenty one, so they'll have some time left. Whew. I know, been a rough year. And I don't know what's going on with Claire Crawley and um, Dale Moss. Oh, yeah, they're like back together. They're hanging out, and then Claire's mad at trolls who are telling her to give it up already. She's got a new haircut. Guys, I don't know what to tell you. No, that's what I Elizabeth, you've told us what you can, and that was more than enough. Thank you, Elizabeth And Reese. we got the skinny on scoliosis. Right? We covered Look a lot that. of topics today. Yeah, and childbirth. I mean, what, what could you want? Thanks, Elizabeth. Hey, we need somebody to play the 30-second pop culture challenge, 651-641-1071. After this on My Talk 1071. We are going to give you 30 seconds to answer five pop culture questions. We do it every day at 1230 right here on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hi. Holly Roberts is getting it over there. Yes, and it's time for our 30-second pop culture challenge. 30-second pop culture challenge. Who is on the phone today, Colleen? Who's on the phone today, Holly? It's Julie. We've got Julie on the line, and what is Julie playing for? Julie is playing for this. She's playing for an at-home screening of the movie Land, starring Robin Wright. All right, Julie, you ready to play the 30-second pop culture challenge? I'm ready. Fabulous. Timer will begin after I ask the first question. Here we go. Dolly Parton is from what state? Uh, Tennessee. Scorpion and Sub-Zero are characters from what video game series? Oh, um, I don't know. Yes. Free Willy is a movie about what kind of animal? The dolphin? No. A whale? Yep. Whale. Bono is the lead singer of what band? Uh, 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 yeah, keep going. Go to the next one. Okay. Carol, Carol and Mike are the parents on what sitcom? Pretty much. Scorpion and Sub Zero are characters from. Oh, I'm sorry, you did not win the 30 second pop culture challenge. Uh, however, you can try again tomorrow because we do it every day on the Colleen and Bradley Show. 
at 12.30 on My Talk 107.1. Let's go back and answer the questions that Julie did not get. Scorpion and Sub-Zero are characters from what video game series? Mortal Kombat. And Carol and Mike Brady. Oh, wait. Uh, she did not get Bono. Bono's the lead singer of. You two. And Carol and Mike are the parents on what sitcom? The Brady Bunch. And now that we've answered all those questions, we can move on to solve some mysteries. And we do that in the form of blind items, which Holly's brought for us in this segment we call Blinded by the Item. Blinded by the Item. Sometimes you just got to slap the buttons. That's what she said. Mm Mm-hmm. Here's our first celebrity gossip mystery. Try to solve this, Colleen and Bradley. The conversation went something like, quote, I made you who you are. You will do this for me. The next thing you know, the offspring of the permanent A-list singer is the face of a company. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Kendall Jenner and Chris Jenner. No. Oh. Singer? Singer. Oh, singer. Sorry. So the offspring of the singer is the face of a company because good old parents said... Oh, oh it's um, Madonna, Lourdes, and Marc Jacob. <gasps> good job. Yes. yes. So, Ooh. NT Lawyer says the conversation went something like, I made you who you are, Marc Jacobs. I am Madonna, and you will do this for me. So mm-hmm. the next thing you know, Lourdes Leone, Madonna's daughter is the face of Marc Jacobs' spring-summer campaign. Okay. Okay. Yep, that makes more sense. What do you mean? Well, in my mind, in the reading, in the original reading of this, it was the parent saying to the child, I made you what you are. (laughs) Well, I was like, whoa, that's rude. One of your fans! Uh (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, no, this is not a mommy dearest. Mm -mm. No, no, but what the blind item is saying is that Madonna basically threatened Marc Jacobs and pressured him into making Lourdes Leone his uh, spring-summer model. And she's beautiful. She is. This isn't the first time we've had a story similar to this, right? Like, we've heard there was another story about, maybe it was um, Cindy Crawford intervening in uh, a project for Kaya Gerber at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, be surprised. it tickles my brain a little bit, but ah! I don't have all the facts, which is not going to stop me from talking. Celebrity nepotism. Ever. Here's another celebrity gossip mystery for you to solve. NT Lawyer thinks there might actually be a happily ever after for the former reality star all of you know. She really likes the fact that she doesn't feel pressure to have sex with her boyfriend. And uh, NT Lawyer's not sure if they've er- ever even tried. Oh. Have sex? Yeah. Former. Former reality star. Oh. Paris Hilton? Oh. I'm not sure they've ever even tried to have sex. Well, I mean, I know, but like, usually you can succeed with that pretty easily. Maybe you don't want to. Yeah. Unless you don't feel like it. Yeah. So NT Lawyer thinks there might actually be interesting a happily ever after for Paris Hilton, because Paris Hilton really likes the fact that she doesn't feel pressure to have sex with her boyfriend. And NT Lawyer's not even sure if Paris Hilton and her guy have even tried. Well, she's certainly had a lot of relationships. So it wouldn't yeah. surprise me that she's like, you know, I'm just going to hang out with someone I like and I don't really care about the sex. Mm hmm. Good for Paris. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Blinded by the 
Another celebrity gossip mystery for Colleen and Bradley to solve. Here we go. This A-list daytime talk show host, who all of you know, even though it's a panel show, mm. is being cheated on by her husband. Mm. Apparently, Auntie Lawyer says it's a big one. I don't know what the big one means. Um, Is it like a Sharon Osbourne? Oh, that's good. what I was thinking. Good guess, but that's not uh. what, uh, that's not showing up in the comments section. Who all of you know, even though it's a panel show, the only yeah. other pan- panel show, of course, would be the like view. the View. Yeah. So is it Megan McCain? Oh. oh. So oh. awkward. Megan McCain over on the View allegedly is being cheated on by her husband. Anti lawyer says this is a big one. I want to know more what that means. This is a big one. I have no idea. Like, like the story is a big one, yeah. or like the person who sh- he's cheating on her with is like maybe a big celebrity or something. Could very well be. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. curious. That's NT um, closed circuit conversation with NT lawyer. More details, mm-hmm. please. Thank you. Yeah, we'd yeah. like to know. Be nice mm-hmm. to reveal inquiring that. minds. Do we have any more blind items we can tickle? Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Let's go over to this uh, blind item. Oh, uh uh-oh. Well, you know, sometimes we gotta... Yeah, the blind items are what the blind items are. That's right. Here we go. This A-list actress is not foreign-born, but everyone thinks she is. If this was a decade ago, she would have already won an Oscar after sleeping with the great disgraced producer. With that not possible, she's doing the next best thing. She is the new muse and mistress for the A-plus list director who will get her that Oscar. Ooh. So is the previous disgraced producer like a Harvey Weinstein? Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. think she's... Foreign-born, but she's not. Yeah. She was actually born in the United States. Where do we think... Do we think she was born in, like, Canada? No. So is this like a Hilaria Baldwin kind of, uh, we think... <laughs> She was born somewhere else? No. I, you know, I think actually she has uh, lived in other countries. It's one of those things. It's kind of like Nicole Kidman, mm-hmm. uh, who we all think is born and raised in Australia. She actually was born in Honolulu, Hawaii. So she is an American citizen. Oh, I did not know that. Well, there you go. So it's kind of the same thing. Okay, okay interesting. So, all right. And then there's another person we can figure out at the end of this, which yeah. is somebody who can currently get her an Oscar. Yeah. Who do we think has the ability to get people Oscars? Well, so this is a director that had a relationship with another, with another actress who allegedly followed a similar career path as the one NT Lawyer lays out in like this Gwyneth? blind item. Not quite, no. Mm. And Jennifer Lawrence? Mm. Okay, so whoever this director is, Bradley Cooper. Just kidding. Uh, okay, oh wow. Okay, so we have a lot to, to yeah. do right now. Allegedly, supposedly, Jennifer Lawrence also had an affair with this with, director. Exactly. And this director pulled strings for her in very specific oh, ways. That David made... O. Russell? Yeah. Okay, but who's the actress? Yes. Uh, she had a big hit on Netflix late last year. Mm. She starred in a program about chess. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That lady... Uh, on Gambit um, lady? Yeah, what's her name, though? Aunt, not Anya. Yeah. It is Anya? Mm-hmm. Taylor something? Yep. Anya 
Taylor Thomas. (laughs) That's a different show. Joy. Thank you. You're welcome. So. Oh. Yeah. Let me fill in the blank for you. So Anya Taylor Joy, actually born in Miami. If this was a decade ago, she probably already would have won an Oscar by doing some things with Harvey Weinstein. Would that not possible? She's doing the next best thing. She is now the new muse and mistress for David O. Russell, who will get her that Oscar. She has just been cast in an upcoming David O. Russell major motion picture. Mm-hmm. Let's just hope that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. I love her. Okay. Thank you for taking us on that journey. Um, we'll deal with our emotions. Uh, but when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, um, you know, we like to watch things on the Colleen and Bradley show. And I started a new series that we are now, it's a mini series, mini docu-series that we are two episodes into. Dun, dun, dun. And I cannot wait to tell you what you need to be watching next. A little here's what we're watching live after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Thank you, Holly. This is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hey, how's it going? Fabulous. Uh, you know, I got I got something to talk about. Um about That's something I'm, I'm watching. It's a little here's what we're watching live. You guys watch that television show together, don't you? Team Cobra presents Here's What We're Watching Live. Okay, so um, I, I seem to recall, Bradley, have you been on a little bit of a true crime kick at all during uh, the pandemic viewing, well, TV viewing? I've certainly um, watched some true crimey things over the last year, for sure, and I've always loved a good true crime podcast. Right? So I feel like a lot of people have been kind of digging into this true crime genre when it comes to um, like documentaries and things that we're watching, and I, 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 like, I honestly, I don't know what it is about this particular time in life that we find ourselves in but i'm constantly looking for another true crime thing to watch yeah well here we are we are watching a new true crime docuseries on netflix called cecil hotel uh it's it's called crime scene the vanishing at the cecil hotel now have you heard about this yet I've heard about the um I've heard this story before. This is the one I'm assuming about the lady that like is it the she disappears in a hotel. I'm not going to say where they find yep. her, but they find her somewhere and there's a big mystery as to like how she ended up there. Yep. And like there's some mysterious film footage that also factors into the story. So here's the thing that's so interesting about this is I I don't know about you Bradley, but we were, I remember us talking about this case when it happened. Yeah. Because we were It was very freaky. It was super freaky and I want to say that we were newly on the air when this happened. Um because it happened in like it happened about a decade ago. Uh, the actual story that the, about of the woman who went missing. Mm-hmm. So as we're watching this docu series, my husband is not familiar with the story, and in my mind, I think well, everybody's familiar with the story because it was so present in my mind at the time that it happened because sure. it, there were such suspicious circumstances around it. Yeah. Um. But but what you remember of the story as it unfolded. And the way that they tell it in this Netflix docu-series is very different. There's like more layers to it, obviously, because you get a better understanding, too, 
about the actual hotel that this happened in. Well, I was going to say, if I remember correctly, there's also, and I know I've listened, there's a some podcast, true crime podcast episode, wherein you learn that the there's some stories attached to the lore of the hotel as well. Yeah, so the Cecil Hotel was actually built in the 1920s, just before the Great Depression. Like, it was, and it was like a marvel. It was like this beautiful hotel. It was situated very close to um, a major transit hub in downtown L.A. Now, Holly, you know this from living in L.A. Downtown L.A. is not necessarily like glitz and glamour. Some parts of it. Yeah. That is very true. And this particular, the Cecil Hotel, is just but blocks away from the area known as Skid Row. But it is it it is a place where um, people who were traveling maybe from other countries felt like they could it, it was it was a cheap enough hotel that and it and the pictures of it look nice because the lobby is gorgeous. It's like a it's a beautiful lobby. Yeah. It is a 700 um, room hotel. But the way it was zoned is that there are people who live there because they have really cheap rates. And so and you don't maybe you don't have to put down a um, a deposit on it. So it's a residential hotel. But they were also trying to use it as a hotel for people who came to visit L.A. And in the like early aughts. They were trans trying to transition it into like Best Western was going to like take it over and they were going to spruce it up and make it like a nice hotel. Legitimate hotel, yeah. But they couldn't do that because of the zoning. So there were pe- the people who lived in there. I mean, we're talking like this was one of those they didn't rent it by the hour, but the nightly rate was so low that, you know, people would use it to do all kinds of oh, I'm sure, yeah. Like, you know, criminal stuff. Criminal things. And you know, you so you meet the manager of the hotel, and she is super bizarre. And all of this is being told to you, so it's like the, the Cecil Hotel is its own character in the story. But then you also have the story of this traveler, um, a 21-year-old woman from Canada who goes and stays at the Cecil Hotel, and she's she has like a Tumblr page, so she blogs about her life, and she's like, this modern gal on the go and she's going to, you know, travel by herself and she's staying at the Cecil hotel and you hear, Oh, you hear the whole story of how they found her and um, how that affected the people who were staying in the hotel mm-hmm. at the time. How many episodes is this? Four. Okay. And we're two episodes in, but I wanted to also tell you one more quick thing because I don't know if you watched, there was another true crime show on Netflix and it was called Night Stalker. It was a true crime docu-series. I think this one was also four episodes. And it's about the... Um, yeah, this is a new one, right? This, like, is, this is a new one. Yeah. Yep. And this is about uh, the 1980s um, serial killer uh, who they ended up capturing. His name is Richard Ramirez. Mm-hmm. So we just watched that like two weeks ago. Yeah. Now we're in episode two of the Cecil Hotel docu-series. And wouldn't you know it... There's a crossover. I was going to say, isn't there a connection between the Night Stalker and this hotel? Correct. Yeah. He lived on the 14th floor of the Cecil Hotel for a period of time. And you don't, there's a piece that you don't get from the Night Stalker uh, docuseries, mm-hmm. 
that you do get in this Cecil Hotel. It's like a little Easter egg um, about how he would return to the Cecil Hotel after doing these gruesome crimes that yeah. you learned about in, in the, the Night Stalker yeah. series and how he would um, like undress and put his stuff in the dumpster outside the hotel and then walk into the hotel through the lobby to the elevator in his underwear. Ugh. And he was like, his whole body body was blood soaked. Like this is the kind of, um, and apparently all of this is very commonplace at the Cecil Hotel. Um, at least at a time where, like, they were calling the police to the Cecil Hotel many times a day. So this was a known bad... Bad place. Place. Yeah. It's just a fascinating docuseries. Um, and like I said, we're only two episodes in. But so I, already, I mean, it's pretty low stakes, four episodes. Oh, it's and so, like an hour a piece. That's not bad at all. Super no, not bad at all. I'm all for true crime. And you will, and there are char- like there are characters in it that you will find yourself um, fascinated by. Like one of them is this manager. She's she ends up being the manager of the hotel, and you can just tell she's doing this interview because this is her moment. Do you feel like they um, are going to have any sort of resolution to this particular case? Well, so here's the funny thing: is I don't remember how the case ends. I don't have that, and I'm not looking it up. Yeah. So I haven't gotten there yet. Um, but yes, there's there's so much going on in this. You you hear about the people who have online forums to talk about it. Oh, there's sure. so many characters. What's anyway, the name again? The Cecil Hotel. It's called uh, Crime Scene: The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Fabulous, putting it on my queue. What are you giving up for Lent? We're going to talk about that after.